Park. It's an 87th Precinct podcast bonus episode. This is the bonus episode to accompany book number 53, The Frumious Bandersnatch. If you've listened to our main episode, then we'll say no more about that, other than we are now going to do our usual thing of having a look at the book covers of this release. And as we've ascertained in the past, we're sort of in a slightly more standardised world than we once were with these things, but not necessarily much worse. There's, there's, I think the last few have all been pretty nice um, designs. We've sort of thought we're all right, certainly in the uh, UK editions, oh. at least, anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, the publishing history for this is, in America, that's still in hardback in Simon & Schuster, and now in Pocket Books again, oh. the place he started... Although I couldn't find an actual copy of the spine of an American paperback edition, and I couldn't find anyone online who'd got one, because it might not technically be Pocket Books, it might be Pocket Star, which is a fine point, but I'd like to know. (laughs) So if anyone's listening and they have got the American paperback of this, is it Pocket Books or Pocket Star? Please tell me, and um, you'll win the knowledge that I appreciated it. (laughs) Uh, In the UK, we are still with Orion. Orion Publishers. So I will pass to one of my colleagues here a copy of the American hardback edition to uh, describe, and I will pass it to Morgan. Oh, okay, let's have a look. So the American hardback edition, Simon and Schuster of Frumius Bandersnatch. Okay, well, I mean, most of it is actually just a big sort of beige. Uh, background with Ed McBain, a novel of the 87th Precinct, Tom, but down in the bottom third, we've got a a, a little black and white photograph with the, the title over it, and it's a photograph of sort of a, a little um, harbour-side sort of scene in a city with some some boats or launches, perhaps. Um, yes. Very much of the type that we assume might have been used in the earlier portion of the novel. Mm-hmm. Um and that's about it, really. Pretty literal to the opening scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing particularly frumious or bandersnatchy about it, but... Uh... No, it's neither brillig nor slithy. No. I will ha- pass to Steve-O, the American paperback version, Pocket Star or Pocket Books, whatever it is, and he can describe that. Ooh, it's very red. So it's red. Trey Rouge. With gold Ed McBain. And then the image are two hands uh, that are tied together with yellow rope. And they're uh, in like a bit of a outward, open reach uh, facing mm. it out. So we've got the non-palm side. What's the, the anti-palm? <laughs> anti-palm. That's um, the, the doctors call it. <laughs> but they look like men, man's hands. Those, they do look uh, a little bit masculine. They, they, don't, yeah. they look like giant man's hands. It's not so. really a scene from the novel no. per se, is it? Because I think when her hands are bound, they're bound with... Are they bound with tape? Yeah, and probably. Then, and then, then later on she's cuffed to a radiator. They didn't so. belong to a man either. They didn't, no. belong, so. they didn't belong to a man. It one really, out of ten for that one. I don't think it tells us whether her hands look particularly manly or not, but... No. The only thing I'll give that an, an extra mention of is it says a novel of the 87th Precinct, and it has 87th in white lettering inside a black circle. The very earliest books, the pocket books editions, used a green circle with the 87th uh, inside it. So it's a bit of a... So it's a bit of a, a hark back to that. 
Nice. Let's see what you did there. Right, and it's quite easy for us to describe both the UK uh, hardback and paperback editions. We all have the paperback editions. We do. Um, with one slight difference in our selection. But what we are about to say goes for the hardback edition as well, mm. except that where the cover of our book says six ninety nine for the paperback, the hardback was twelve ninety nine. Rip off. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would like to... I, well, I'll describe this because the Orion books have been pretty conceptual in terms of a sort of wraparound cover mm. where they, they have depth to them. It's not just a front cover. So in this case, we have essentially got a stack of CDs in classic CD jewel cases purporting to be the debut single called Bandersnatch. JR Music Limited, the Furumius Bandersnatch, if you read the spine, it's a stack of essentially six CDs we've got in our hands here. And the cover of this of said single is a sort of vague image of a woman's face and some blood spots. Mm. And then the title of the book is printed slightly on a barcode label that's stuck on the front of a CD, which has a barcode, six ninety nine, which is how much the book costs, and the words, the frumious, then the word Bandersnatch is just presumably hovering in air, <laughs> conceptually, uh, above Ed McBain, the best-selling author of Fat Ollie's book, using the font for McBain that they've used for all these um, Orion books. So, uh, yeah, again, I like the the Orion design, because on mm. the back cover, it it's it's got... You know, it continues the design on as well, yeah. as if it's the bottom of a pile of CDs on some bits of packing paper, I presume that's supposed to be. Yeah, that's no, it's good. Yeah, so well, it's... A, yeah. Well, the curious thing about it is that the CD's the right thickness, but is then about four-fifths of the size <laughs> yeah, yeah, in they're not the other dimensions. Uh -huh. But they're yeah. quite good, these Orion ones. I do like them. Yeah. yeah, I think the Orion ones have been winning out, haven't they, for the, the past few... Uh, the past Fast few books. Yeah. Past few books. few books. Indeed, yeah. Blacksheepuk.com have, have put some put some thought into these things, which is uh... yeah. Although they've got the photograph of the girl's face from Image State, presumably just a uh, yeah. a bank of images that they've yeah got. stock image. Yeah. So I mean, it's sort of and the CDs are sort of streaked with I don't know what, like tapes being across them or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, it's worth looking up. I'll share them as usual on the on the various social media things. I didn't mention actually in the main episode who the dedication was, but that's because they're all to <laughs> Dragushka at this point. And in fact, at this point, he's, the only difference with this one is it's it says, "Well, here's a big surprise," <laughs> and then says, "This is for Dragushka." Right, I've got a couple of others. Oh, well, these be these be interesting. Will they? <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> well, do you know what, Steve? Oh, you've got a lucky face. I like you. I'll save the interesting one for you to describe. I'll let Morgan do a quick overview of both the Italian and French editions. Oh, okay. Only the well, the Italian normally comes yeah. trumps, doesn't it? The Italian edition looks kind of familiar. Yes. Um, uh, looks very much like the American edition, except it's uh, except for the title. Which um, can you translate, Morgan? I know I've never talked to you about your knowledge of Italian. I mean, can I, you translate the title? Italian's of this book? a little rusty, but <laughs> um, I think I'm going to say that it translates as the party. Yes, it does. Um, un romanzo del uh, 87 distretto. I don't know what yes. 87 is in um, in Italian. I'm afraid, but yeah. And um, the, so, the, otherwise, exactly the same. Yeah. 
Whereas the French edition, we're, we're at a different harbour, aren't we? We're still the cityscape in the background, so similar theme, a bit more colourful. Le Frumier Bandicoot. I, I, I don't I know think it was as good. I think you were all right there, actually. I, I, I lost, you faith, lost confidence, lost you? faith in myself uh, partway through. Le Frumier Bandicoot. Yeah. Yeah. So not, yeah, nothing particularly no, nothing, to write home about there. No, not particularly. Just some boats and New York. Boats. Whereas there is a Hayakawa pocket mystery book edition, which I do like to hear Steve-O describe, and I will pass it to him now. Oof, very colourful. This is the Japanese paperback. Oh, it says 87 there. Yeah, so I think there's... they've all had it scratched into them oh, somewhere. They? Oh, right, okay. So, it's very green... Yellow greens and pea greens, and then an emerald, like a forest green, and then a turquoise near that. Blacks and whites, and then reds, with a bit of beige in the background. And it's, uh, yeah, paint that's all kind of mingled together a little bit. Hmm. Now, what it's representing... <laughs> I wonder right, if the uh, sort of turquoise, perhaps, is, is the water, the sort of a suggestion of them being on the river with the boats and things, maybe? Possibly. Not it's literal, quite like difficult. a literal interpreter, but like a... This looks like a, a, a black figure who's throwing up a record coming out of his mouth. All right, it could be. But I don't, I don't know why that would be. It's very difficult, really. But it looks pretty cool, though. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. But I mean, Trying to identify what's yeah. literally is quite tricky. Yeah, it's, it doesn't seem necessarily that sort of... Um, Representative? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, I'm sure if you wanted, you could probably imagine that the you know there's some gyring and gimbling in the wave going on in there. Yeah. Somewhere. Mm. Some some mimsy burrogroves and mumraths and yeah, vorpal swords and all yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the best one though. Yeah. As has been the case for some time yeah, now, definitely. the the Hayakawa paper uh, paperback and pocket mystery editions have been the most interesting. If the hardest to interpret. Yes. Right, well, now then, on to our usual... We need to do our books, don't we? Oh, well, we've looked... Well, I've explained our covers, but we haven't done the smelling, Steve-O. Well, you've not guessed mine's an ex-library. They're all the same. I did say there was a small difference between mine, Morgan, and Steve-O's. Mine's got a hard-wearing sheath. Yes. But it's also ex-library. Now, can you tell me the name of the city of which this... Whilst I huff. Oh, it's got a full beard scrape in this uh, one. Yeah, it doesn't smell very much. I'm going to guess that it comes from Bradford City Libraries. No. I'm going to say Coventry. No. No? Oh. Sunderland. Oh. Sunderland. I win then, I was nearest. Yeah, uh, discarded not... from stock. and There's a big stamp in the middle. And then here it... It says Bertram's. I wonder what Bertram's refers to. Oh, I don't know. It's hmm. exciting. Anyhow, mine doesn't smell and much either. No, mine either. There's an intriguing little little mark. In the oh, back. there's a little tiny symbol drawn in the back yeah, as well. Like a little red squiggle. Yeah. Like an eight with a line through it. And sellotape. Oh, you tell this is some diligent library staff member. Let's put that on. Yeah, well, there you go. So Steve-O's copy of this will never never perish and he will be able to reread the previous Bandersnatch without <laughs> fear of its collapse. You can't tell that, you know, normally it's a bit more warm, but I've read this 24 times now. And, uh, <laughs> you can't tell. 
It means when he throws it into the Mersey, it'll, it'll last a bit longer. Um, <laughs> right, yes. So what we're going to do... Yes, although I've established in the uh, main episode that this book comes out at the very, very, very start of January 2004, um, we were looking at the year 2003, so we didn't basically abandon that year in our in our look-through things. Oh, we're going to have Christmas songs again, aren't we? We're not going to have Christmas songs. We're going to have New Year songs. Oh, all right. So... So in terms of no. the charts that I've chosen, I have chosen the week that contains the 1st of January 2004, straddles 2003 into 2004. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you're, you're at liberty to try and guess what was in the charts at that, at that particular time if you want. Nah. <laughs> well, there's things in here you will probably... Well, you'll know most of these, I think. Okay, so I'm going to start with... I might just read out the names of the artists uh, that um, McBain mentions. I could just go through them all, couldn't I? Yes. In I the... bet you get some of them. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, possibly. Sorry, that was a bit loud. Uh, well, I'll do the American top ten. Okay, I'll Aguilera. Do... Well, the American top ten for the week of uh, the 28th of December 2003 starts with number one. The number one position is Hey Ya by Outcast. Oh, oh, yeah. Right. Big hit. Good song. Fine. Mm-hmm. Number two is The Way You Move by Outcast featuring Sleepy Brown. Craigie. Good year for Outcast. Greedy, that one and two. Yeah. Uh, number three is Milkshake by Kellis. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Is that the one that brings all the boys oh, to the it, yard? It, it, it is. is. That's the, the exact same milkshake. Uh, 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 it's not a very Christmassy drink, is it, Milkshake? <laughs> not particularly. My no. eggnog brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> My. Oh, it just makes me feel a bit sick thinking about that. Yeah, eggnog. Yeah. Right. He said, probably haven't ever tasted it. My eggnog is better than yours. Yeah. Uh, anyway, number four You Don't Know My Name by Alicia Keys. She's mentioned in the book. She is. She yeah. is. Tick. Yeah. Bing. yeah. Number five is Stand Up by Ludacris featuring Schwanner. <laughs> Shauna, 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 Shauna. Oh, like Shauna, Shwana. So I don't know. I just cross between Sharon and Shwama kebab. I just, I don't know. Chicken Shwama. I was probably holding the featuring chicken Shwama. iPad too close to my eyes. Don't remember that one. No, it, no. It, the he, she doesn't get a mention. Right, uh, number six. Walked out of heaven, jagged edge. No. No, ring a bell at no, all. Not really. Sound like some kind of like eighties hair metal band. <laughs> yeah, they're all sat around a chaise long on the tiny picture I've got of them here. <laughs> There's uh, no chaise long in metal. Yeah, number seven is Sugar Sugar. That's sugar spelled S U G A by Baby Bash featuring Frankie J. Oh, oh, good old Baby Bash featuring Frankie J. Yeah, Baby one of my Bash. Band. That's not a good name. It's not. It's not. Uh, number eight is Here Without You, Three Doors Down. Nope. Three Doors Down sounds like a Wesley Crowther-fronted television show, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. well, welcome to tonight's edition of... Da-da-da. It's Three Doors Down! <laughs> <laughs> and then he would come on to some little tune. There'd be doors. See, I did the right thing. I made up a little tune that had the words three doors down in the syllable sound yeah. of the tune, you see. That's how they do TV things. Yep. 
Number nine, Slow Jams. Twister featuring oh, Kanye yeah. West and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I remember that one. Is it a slow jam? Uh, I, I think it is, yeah. And it's got, it's got, it was one of those songs that has like a the sped up vocal from an old soul song. Oh, okay, yeah. The, the thing that everyone pinched off Wu-Tang Clan, basically. All right, so. Well, number 10 is Me, Myself and I by Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Does Beyonce get a mention in the book? I don't think they do. I yeah. don't think so, She no. doesn't, and... I don't think densities do either. No, I don't know, that's odd. Right, well, let's see if the chart is similar in the UK. Do you think it is or isn't? I feel I like think... it's going to have more pop idol people in. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll Gareth start... Gates. I'll start from 10 and work my way up this time for the UK. So this is the chart. Will Young. I mean, Will Young time. At number 10, we have Two Lost in You by Sugar Babes. Oh, yeah, it's all right. One of the ballads, though. Not not one of the top pop stormers. Yeah. At number nine, we have Ladies' Night by Atomic Kitten. <sighs> is that a cover of Ladies' uh, Night? Yeah, the, the, the cool, disco. The cool and the gang, Yeah, it? I think, yeah. Disco classic. Okay, so this next one will be completely lost to anyone outside of the UK, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm Your Man by Shane Ritchie. Oh, bloody hell. I, I, um, I don't remember him doing it, but I'm guessing that's the Wham song. I would have thought so. Shane, Shane Ritchie is a... He's a polymath. <laughs> but, well, yeah, a, he can do everything. He's just an entertainer, yeah. isn't he? Oh, Acts yeah. a, l- a very little bit. Yeah. Uh, presents what an entertainer. a bit. Yeah. Forgot about his phrasing to music, but yeah, he had a... I think entertainer's the right word. Yeah, he's yeah. a cheeky chappy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Cheeky chappy. Yeah, professional cheeky chappy. At uh, number seven, it is the idols, as in the pop idols, doing Happy Christmas, War Is Over. Oh, right. So they did one with all of them on. Oh, yeah, it looks crikey. like it. So they were doing the John and Yoko song. I presume it's that. It would be very strange if they put a song called Happy Christmas, War Is Over. <laughs> yeah, it was a different song entirely. Original song. I've come up with a great song. <laughs> and title. Totally original concept. At number six, the Black Eyed Peas are telling us to shut up. Rude. It is, isn't it? At number five... <laughs> following on from that sentiment we wish you would leave right now says Will Young I have got what, a predicted one right yeah. Yeah. number four we have Proper Crimbo by Bo Selector oh, alright yeah I knew it was a bit Christmassy yeah Proper not, Crimbo not going to try and describe Bo Selector no at number three at, at number three <coughs> excuse me I'm getting confused with numbers Christmas time brackets don't let the bells end oh, by oh, yeah. darkness. darkness. Yeah. So for it to be number one at Christmas, does that mean people are still buying these Christmas singles after Christmas? No, no. You, you, number one status is just whatever is number one the week that Christmas falls in, mm-hmm. according to the charts. But generally speaking, I think that carries through a couple of weeks afterwards. I was going to say because mm. uh, it'd be quite peculiar. Cause Continue. At, at number two, we have Changes by Ozzy and Kelly Osbourne. Oh, blimey, yeah, I'd forgotten they did that. Tedious, I seem to remember that being. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was never one of the greatest of Black no. Sabbath songs, to be honest. No. Uh, and, yeah. Is that on Black Sabbath 4, four I think, yeah. 4, maybe? Yes, well, their version was 
as I recall, quite... Oh. With the extra lines about, I love you, daddy, and all that business. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. No one needs that, do they? No. But anyway, everyone loves, for Christmas, the lovely Christmas song, Mad World, by Michael Andrews, oh, featuring Gary festive. Jules. Oh, very yeah. festive indeed. Yeah. Donnie Darko. Exactly, yes. The song yeah, was Donnie that Darko. kind of like... Is that what brought it to... I, th- I think it was on the soundtrack to that and uh, like Radio 1, like maybe Joe Wiley or someone picked up on it and started playing it and then it, yeah. it just snowballed, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snowballed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no... It wasn't even a white Christmas. <laughs> so anyway, there you go. That's the That was what the music was like as, well, the, year, as the year ticked over. What a classic year. Yeah. And we'll come to our album picks in a little bit. But I will go to the cinema now for the highest grossing films of 2003. Oh, God. Well, I'll, I'll not linger over this, but to say, as according to our last couple of uh, episodes, the number one ranking film in terms of worldwide gross is Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Uh-huh. Return of the Mac. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Return <laughs> of the Kings, the Mac. Lord of the... Lord of the Max, Return of (laughs) the the Max. Oh, dear me. Great film, anyway. Even better, an extended edition where it ends 14 times before it actually ends. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that, that film, isn't it? Uh, Number two is Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah. They're starting a trend in people buying, I think it's clownfish, isn't it? Oh, Uh, yeah. Number three, The Matrix Reloaded. Uh, yeah. So is that the last one before the one that's just come out this year? Or yeah, so last I, year, rather? Because the, yeah, the, the two sequels came out in like fairly close to each other, didn't they? I, think, I seem to recall. Uh, I've never seen either of them. Well, there you go. Number four, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Mm-hmm. Is that the first one, I isn't it? I think so, yeah. Number five, Bruce Almighty, <laughs> which is not a film about my dad. <laughs> Although, if they ever made a film about my dad, I would insist it was called Bruce Almighty, which would be very strange. A <laughs> um, film about Bruce Forsyth, then. No, or Bruce Forsyth, or any of the other famous Bruces. Number six is The Last Samurai. Never seen that. No. Number seven is Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. No, I've never seen that, yeah. I think I've seen some of that, but was not compelled to watch all of it. <laughs> no. It's not good, is it? Number eight, The Matrix Revolutions. Ah. So, yes, same year. Steve-O's startled at the audacity of Warner Brothers' release schedule. No, I'm just thinking how quick that must have been. They'd just make one gigantic long film and then realise it was too gigantic and long to release it all at once and just hack it in two. Essentially, I think. X2... Is it number nine? What's X2? I think that was the official title of the second X-Men film, wasn't it? Oh, right, okay, yeah, right. That was X-Men films. Don't Don't do it for me, I'm afraid. (laughs) And at number 10, Bad Boys 2. Oh, blimey. Okay. And, yeah, there's... uh, But there is quite a lot of interesting films came out that year, of which perhaps some of them will crop up when we give our film choices in a little bit. Here's hoping. Were some other... Do you think some big blockbusters permanently... Were the other studios permanently avoiding Return of the King, do you think? It's a bit of a lacklustre yeah, well, no, year, that, yeah, isn't that's it? that's interesting, actually. That's a good point, given that they would have known Return of the King was coming out and 
the last two films have been absolute mega smashes. Yeah. So they might have just thought, well, this is the last one. Let them get it out of the way. <laughs> well, it might explain why, like the film of Daredevil with Ben Affleck and the film of Hulk with Eric Banner, both did nothing whatsoever that year. I mean, mm. not that they were very good either. No, no, it was <laughs> it was a very uh, poor start to the essentially the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, well. It did. Well, those two obviously haven't been yeah, folded in, have they? It's only a couple of years later. It felt like it was only a couple of years later they did the Edward Norton Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was more than that, really, wasn't it? But yeah, which I guess is part of the cinematic that universe. One is, but yeah, then he yeah. got recast, didn't he? Yeah. And oh, I'll have a little bit on TV as well while we're here. You know, why, why not? not? You know. Three Doors Down ends its 40 <laughs> year run. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, yeah, a couple of debuts. The problem is, as I've said before, I think, I may not have said it before, I might have just thought it in my head, <laughs> is that by the time we get to these multi-channel things, if I'm looking through the listings for debuts, there's just so much stuff. It's very hard to pick out a few things that would actually be of any relevance to us and the wider <laughs> population. But the, a few debuts on UK TV are QI, which is still running. Mm-hmm. Which was, if people don't know, is a panel show originally hosted by Stephen Fry now hosted by Sandy Toxvig and it started I, I, I didn't know she was I always find them a bit too smug on that programme <laughs> yeah well it, the thing is it was always about in, it was about you know things that were quite interesting strange more unusual facts and right. stuff like that it was but, about pre um, misconceptions about stuff wasn't it yeah they, quite they a lot a question of it, yeah, yeah. and you were you were always going to give the yeah, obvious yeah. but wrong answer. That's it, that's it, yeah. yeah, and it's you know, I in in and of itself, it's it's a fine concept. But the problem was, it it had interesting guests on it for a while, mm. and then there was only one permanent panelist who's still on it, Alan Davies. Mm-hmm. But he used to have quite interesting, and then it sort of got to the same round of the same comedians oh, yeah. coming back every every episode, as a lot of these shows do, really. Yeah, you know? um, and so I just went off it after. Well, quite a long time, to be honest. We have Little Britain Begins Ah, on television. That was a sketch show which was seemed very funny at the time and then now is full of very, very questionable uh, choices about characters and characterisation. It's not not aged well at all. No, it hasn't. Uh, Peep Show Starts, that's a comedy. Oh, yeah. Which I think that was quite original, wasn't it? Concept, that, yeah. Really. So we sort of literally see through the eyes of the characters as they interact with each other. Although they, they go off that a little bit, don't they? Yeah. Like that first so. series is like all like that, isn't it? And yet yeah, it becomes more conventional as it goes on. Shot, I think. Yeah. Very well written. Oh, Very yeah, well yeah. written. Um, yeah. Creature comforts. Now, creature comforts is. The animations from people who did Ardman Animation, who did uh, people around the world will know from things like Chicken Run and Wallace and Gromit and things like that. Creature Comforts had been around in the eighties, I think, originally, and I think they did a new series in two thousand and three, which is where they interview members of the public about certain topics and then animate (laughs) animals saying it, and it remains one of the funniest things to watch when it crops up now. Still very very funny. And the only other one I've got on the UK debuts list is is a crime show. It is a technically a police procedural. It's New Tricks. Oh, uh, 
which I don't, I don't think, think I ever watched. Ah. Is that the one with James Boland in? James Boland and... Um, Alan Armstrong, whatever he's called. Alan Armstrong and Rodney from Only Fools and Horses. Whose <laughs> 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 name's... Uh, Dave. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> not David Jason. Yeah, no, but he's got a bit of a changing cast of has-beens, <laughs> hasn't Linders. it? Nicholas Linders. Thank you, Morgan. But he wasn't in it originally. Was he not? Oh, I can't oh, remember. He, he, was, he was probably still travelling through time somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they're all they co- work cold cases, don't they? And they're yeah, all so they're sort of close like, to retirement. Yeah, has been rejects. It's all right. I've seen yeah. a few of them. The bits and pieces I've seen, I was like, well, yeah, I could get hooked into this a little bit, but yeah, it's sort of slightly older than your normal cast members for these these police drama type things. Yeah, they so, purposely unhip. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. But if we jump over to America for some US debuts, we have Mythbusters, <laughs> which for a while I was obsessed with when it finally got over here. Um, I'm sure everyone knows what Mythbusters is, but although I think that's another show where the concept very quickly ran out of steam mm. because the myths they were testing, it's, suddenly really it felt like... myths. No, um, not um, um, there was things what like about the myth about carpet. You yeah, know, well, it got a bit that. like that. Look around you the room. You can't set fire to carpet, can you? That myth. Yeah, but I know it was very interesting. It's sort of at, its, at the time, just weird things like testing stuff like oh, you can smash a wine glass with your voice type thing, mm. and having to build systems to test that. You know, can you do it with sound? Can you do it with that? But they used to blow a lot of things up, of mm. course. And then suddenly, I was watching it one day, and I thought do use a lot of explosives in this and this seems mainly about blowing things up rather than doing the myths anymore <laughs> and like you say they were running out of things to test it'd be like you know can you shoot a pig into the sky and it land no. on a horse you know it's yeah. <laughs> stuff like that well we don't know we'll try it mustache mustache um NCIS starts in America now, I've never seen that either no nor have I but that's another one that's constantly on isn't it I'm sure it's got its fans. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> the comedy Arrested Development starts. Hey. And it starts over here a little while later, buried away in the schedule mm. and almost impossible to find and track, like 20 past 11 at night type thing. Did, as they tend to do with these shows, like like they did with The Wire as well when that yes. came over here. It's just absolutely, yeah hidden away so you'd never know it was on or you'd watch you'd stumble across it one night and you'd be like did I dream that (laughs) thing I've just seen (laughs) Arrested Development which was astonishingly brilliant for let's say 55% of its run (laughs) then okay for another 10% of its run and then just really rubbish for the rest of it sadly but those first couple of series of Arrested Development Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I, I, was, I was getting with it until that, that last one they did quite a bit after the rest, which just lost me completely. It was very poor. Mm. It was the frumiest bandersnatch of Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> it was a bit. Um, but yeah, the, so the last one I've got noted down here is that in 2003, a, a reboot of Dragnet starts. Really? Yeah. So they reboot Dragnet and it lasts all of 12 episodes for one series and they go, right, this isn't working at all. The format doesn't work in in this modern era, so they reboot it as L.A. Dragnet oh, with an ensemble cast. Right. Yeah, so they reboot the reboot. Right. Oof. Well. Um, yes, yeah, so with an ensemble cast to be to sort of demonstrate a bit more modern approach to policing, uh, sort of a bit more diversity in the cast, stuff like that. 
rather me stuck in this Joe Friday sort of. How many episodes does that last? Uh, five. Five. Yeah. Cancelled after five episodes. <laughs> so there you go. I, I imagine the mistake they made was not having people against goodness and normality in it. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, it wasn't spun <laughs> off from the film. <laughs> That's less episodes than that train oh, yeah. thing in the future. Super train. Super, Super train. train. Yeah, fly me. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was, Mick, was that Donaldy Westler? Some, it was Donaldy yeah, Westlake's some, Super yeah, Train. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well remembered. Okay, so there you are. There's some rubbish from 2003. Now we have to get through our own picks of a movie mm. and uh, an album from 2003. Okay. So I'm going to go to Morgan first because I feel I've just got a sense he's got something good coming up. Oh, oh okay. Oh, well, I hope I don't disappoint you, know, you now. He always has, doesn't he? Um, well, movie-wise, there are a couple of things I was a bit torn between because there were a few corkers in there, but I am going to go for um, A Mighty Wind. I thought you might. Yeah, I couldn't resist. Um, I, I just love it. I mean, I, I enjoy pretty much all of those Christopher Guest films anyway. I know you pick one just uh, just before anyway, but I, I love A Mighty Wind. It's like... It's a bit... It's maybe not as hilarious as some of the others, but it's 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 still really funny, and it's kind of like gentle good humour and lots of great parodies of different kind of folk revival so things. So this is what you want. If you want something where the subject matter is an aspect of the popular music industry, be it folk, which is an aspect of the popular music industry, uh-huh. you know, small p, popular music rather than pop, you want people who know about it. Yeah. And the people who make things like like Christopher Guest and, and that crew make a mighty wind know about this stuff, yeah. and they can do it, and they know yeah. that they know how it works. The, the, the parodies are all absolutely spot on and done with real affection as well, which it yeah. just makes it so good. Like I guess Mitch and Mickey, who are kind of the Nina and Frederick, and the the new Main Street singers. Uh, well, I guess like the the new Christy Minstrels, and uh, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. All the songs are magnificent. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful film, and I must uh, watch it again soon. It's mm. uh, yeah, I've not seen it for a long time. Yeah, oh yeah, that's an excellent movie. So, uh, what's your music pick then, Morgan? Oh, music pick. Uh, yeah, again, a couple of things I was torn between. I'm gonna go for. Um... Was there a Van Halen release in two thousand three? <laughs> I don't believe there no, was. Okay. No, they did. There was. A, there was a, a reunion and a greatest hits uh, oh, the, the year topic, after. But okay. uh, um, I'm going to go for um, the one and only album, uh, Guitar Romantic by the Exploding Hearts, uh, who were don't like a this. sort of a new wavy power pop band, like very kind of seventies, early eighties kind of power pop stuff uh, from Portland, Oregon. Um, absolutely terrific record. Um, tragically, they had a tour bus crash just after oh, it no. came out, and all but one of the band were killed. Oh, so man, it's I mean. really just this one absolute gem of a record, um, which I, I think it's it's become quite a sort of cult item now. But um, yeah, it was, it was a very very sad um, Gosh, thing. It's, but, it's, um, well, I think what's the name of the what's uh, the, the Exploding again? Hearts? Yeah. Uh, guitar Romantic is the album. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, in an odd way, that story of you know a, a, an up and coming young band having a, a, a traffic accident is happens too often. Yeah, definitely, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so easy, I guess. People driving themselves to to gigs and yeah. just you know. But yeah, like I think age between twenty and twenty three years oh, old, dear. it was absolutely heartbreaking. But a great one, great record, which you know is still well remembered today. Oh well, celebrate that then. I think is the, is the answer, isn't it? There. Yep. Right, okay, I'm going over to Steve-O. 
Right, okay, movies. I quite like to know what... Right, for my movie, yeah. See, there's one obvious film that is absolutely fantastic. Um... He's going to go over too fast, too furious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he yeah. likes films where, number, yeah, where numbers are words. I'm, I'm just, I'm just hoping that you're going to pick the one that I might pick. But then, what I might go, I might go Master and Commander. Do it because uh, that's a fantastic film, and I only saw it about for the first time about 15 years after it came out and thought, how have I never seen this? I was much the same. Master and Commander, Far Side of the World, to give it Indeed, its yeah. full so, official title. So, so it's even yeah. given a title as though they were going to make loads of them and never have. Is it like based on Patrick O'Brien? Uh, it's based on somebody's series it, of yeah. books. Yes, about, is, yeah, yeah, because yeah, there, there were a lot to, to go out, so they probably were hoping that, that they were going to make a I think a the problem film. was they made it, and it is, it's a phenomenal film. It's, it's genuinely one of my favourite films. It's just turned up on Disney+, Plus apparently. Um, but I've got the Blu-ray, and, and the Blu-ray is one of those ones that when you buy a Blu-ray player, you'd look around and say, well, do you know what, if I want to get the best out of this, what mm. do I want to show? And they sort of say 2001, because that was really well treated for remastering and, and stuff, and Master and Commander, and the sound on yeah, Master and Commander yeah, it's, it's really, is... Because yeah. uh, I've got a surround sound system. So much creaking. Yeah, it's like you're, <laughs> oh, you get seasick. Corella wouldn't like it, because you'd feel like you're <laughs> no. on a boat, because it's sort of... The sound design is phenomenal. That, but the problem is, I think it was a film made in two thousand and you know, well, released in two thousand and three. That was made in the style of old films about yeah. ships. It's like literally, you have to build a ship. You have to have an expanse of water to set it on. You know, obviously, you supplement it with CGI, and now it would be all CGI. Yeah. Um, and so I think at the time, it fell in the gaps between old style filmmaking and modern filmmaking. Mm. And so it should have had tons of sequels. But um, I'd watch them over and over. Yeah, well, Russell Crowe's always kind of... He's frequently quoted about saying he, he wants uh, uh, sequels made. Yeah. So you never know, he might... Uh, we are become! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great, yeah. So, um, and it yeah, contains it, one of the best jokes ever committed to film as well. So if, if another certain film isn't mentioned, then I'm going to have a second choice as well. All oh, right, um, OK, well, yeah. And then... Um, Music-wise, yeah, I'll go for Someday by Granddaddy, which is their third and a half album, something <laughs> like that. In, okay. in the middle, before a big bit of a bit of a break. So yeah, brilliant kind of noisy, loud, electronic, -y, folky kind of mishmash of stuff. Um, nice. With top chowns. That's chowns, spelt C H O W N S. So, yeah, which I would is, recommend anybody to go and listen to which that. Which is Steve-O for tunes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... So that's me done, yeah. Nice. Right, well, let's see what I'm going to pick so for I'm a film. So I'm relying on you to... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pick something for a film, which is either going to trigger Steve-O going, oh, I thought you might pick that, or he'll pick something else as well. Apparently. Well, I'll tell you what I'm not going to pick. I'm definitely not going to pick Daredevil or Hulk, because they were both <laughs> pretty rubbish. It's just a toss-up of which Matrix film, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to pick the remake of The Italian Job. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, what a howler. Up there with the re remake of The Wicker Man goes down as, as one of the worst yeah, remakes as a ever. Why. I'm not going to pick League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was also rubbish. Uh, I think I saw that at the cinema. Crazy. Blimey. Well, that was stunned silence. Mm. I'm not going to pick Elf. Because, 
and I'm not going to pick Bright Young Things, which I do like. Oh. Bright Young Things, which is based on Evelyn Waugh's novel uh, Vile Bodies. And it's quite a good film, but not one of the best. What I am going to pick is a film called Control. K-O-N-T-R-O-L-L, which is Hungarian for control, and is set in the subways of Hungary. Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen this. I think I might. you might, yes, might uh, have seen it around here, possibly. I might have shown you this. Yeah. Right, continue, because this is bringing back oh, big he's, memories. He's having memories. It's... Yeah, this is a film set on the Hungarian subway system, basically, about the people who enforce the trains. And it's such a weird world of its own where sort of this cast of characters... Because they can go on to trains undercover. They're like fold-down flaps Mm -hmm. to reveal that they are inspectors and things like that. And it involves things like rival groups of these inspectors on the trains challenging each other to do the, the run down the tunnel before the train comes after them. It's an incredible film. I'd totally forgotten about that. Mm, yeah. Same here. I've not watched it for a few years now, but it is really, really worth a look. Um, it's very dreamlike in many ways. And sort of it, There's like people who go down into the subways and have costume parties, which adds to this weird... Mm sort of yeah. other world. There's like a, there's a narcoleptic character who keeps falling asleep on his food, things like that. And yeah. I've totally forgotten about the existence of that film. No, and it's that, so that's my choice of a film from 2003 and it's reminded me I need to watch it again. And we'll have my soon. second choice then. Yes, Steve, you can right, have your well, second Well, it's going to be Return of the King. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Even though there's massive, long, boring bits in it, it's got some absolute top moments in. When they come over the top of the hill. Oh, the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Yeah. Reform the line. Yeah, when the... Oh, see, we could talk about this for ages and more than... But I think, that, I, think, a clue. I think that film goes without saying, though. So it um, does. My other thing that I almost picked instead of A Mighty Wind was um, Goodbye Lenin. Oh, that's oh, good as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which, which, uh, yeah, I haven't I seen for a good few years, but which I, uh, I absolutely that, love that as well. A, that's an absolute top film. That yeah, it's tremendous. Yeah. Well, my uh, my bonus mention that I've seen as you two have said to <laughs> yeah. me. My bonus mention is for the animation Belleville Rendezvous. Oh yeah, which is from or the the three triplets of of Belleville as it's I think the translates the proper title from the French, uh, which is very very good and uh, should be watched as well. Well, all those cool. films are top. What a top year for cinema. Yes, which is good, but my I struggled with picking an album for 2003. Oh. I couldn't really find one that meant anything to me particularly. Oh. Well, I had that with 2000 and yeah, yeah, yeah. one or whatever year so it I was. Think I've, I think looking down a big long list of, of albums online from 2003 and trying to think, have I got any of these? I think I found two that I own. Uh, one is Think Tank by Blur, and I didn't get that till years after it mm. came out and, I, and does nothing for me particularly. No. I'm a big Blur fan as well, but yeah. Think Tank, meh. Uh, and the only other one I've got is um, Just One More by the Mad Caddies. <laughs> oh, by me. Uh, so I'm going to have to pick that because I couldn't find go. any more of that. And the funny thing is, on that Mad Caddies album, I really, really, really like the very first song on it, so I don't really listen to much more than that either. <laughs> Who are the Mad Caddies? Excuse my ignorance, I've never Scar, heard of them. Scar, sort of punk band. Yeah. Mainly, well, very heavily Scar, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, a bit bit more Scar than than some of your other Scar punk So all, like sort of big brassy sections on that. Oh, right, well. okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, no, it's a good album, actually. I've not listened to it all the way through for a long time because, like I say, <laughs> I really like the first track on it. <laughs> yeah, so I struggled with that, so I'm going to have to go with that one, really. Um, enough. So there, and, and that's that. 
Excellent. There we go. The, well, can't well, go wrong with uh, all those choices. A, a bumper edition of films uh, picks mm, there, anyway. Well, yeah. So, next time we will be choosing from 2004, when we return to talk about our namesake, the book Hark, the 54th book out of 55 <laughs> in the 87th Precinct Police Procedural Series. Imagine you named the podcast Bandersnatch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bandersnatch. This is the only police yeah. procedural podcast in the world. Or whatever the, you, you say. Oh, yeah. I've only been saying it, uh, you know, in your presence. But I've never... I've, well, we don't have to say it, do we? we no. You know, we've never been Too late to. now. Too late no, now. No need. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, we will be back soon. And I hope you very happy to learn that you've joined us for the last couple of months of our adventures with the main range of these books. It's, um, yeah, there's a couple of little side bits actually to throw in as well around this period, which I'm, I'll uh, alert you to. But otherwise, I'm going to say, um, what shall I say? Um, I'll just say au revoir in the French, like that. Steve-O will say, goodbye. And Morgan will say, fare thee well. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.